This is from Ecclesiastes 2. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good, but that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness, and what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I, I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruits, trees in them. I made reservoirs to, to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provenances. I acquired ma male and female singers and harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labour, and this was the reward for my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labour and strive because we have put our hope in the living God, who is saviour of all people and especially of those who believe. Let's pray. May the words I speak and the words you hear be God's alone. Amen. I'm a big fan of Lily Allen and her smasher album, The Fear. The British pop music singer shares a popular view on the everyday reality of our human condition. Lily writes, Life's about film stars and less about mothers. It's about fast cars and cursing each other. But it doesn't matter, because I'm packing plastic and that's what makes my life so fantastic. I don't know what's right and what's real anymore. I don't know how I'm meant to feel anymore. When do you think? It will all become clear and I'll be taken over by the fear. This song, Lily writes, beautifully describes a world that values power, comfort, success. But it's 
also a people who are searching for something that's bigger than themselves. She calls this the fear. While of course this song is personal to Lily, I think a broader lesson lies at its core. What does it really look like to wake up and to be truly human as God intended us to be? And how can we learn to live contented lives within our broken, beautiful bodies? Our first reading comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a part of the Bible's wisdom literature. Its author may have been the son of King David, but there are different views about this. The key point is this. The teacher is a character in the book and is different from the author of the book. Whilst we hear the teacher's voice for most of the book, the author is someone who wants us to hear what the teacher has to say and then for us ourselves to process it and to decide what we think. So what does the teacher want to say to us? Life is temporary and it's fleeting, an enigma. Like smoke, life appears solid, but when you try to grab onto it, there's nothing there and it all seems to blow away. The author's goal is to think about all the ways you and I try to build meaning into our lives without God. And then he lets the teacher deconstruct these. The teacher does this by continually reminding us all that death is the great equaliser. The wise, the foolish, the rich and the poor are all going to die. No one gets to escape this experience. With this in mind, our teacher goes on to list all those activities that we do to try and find meaning and purpose in our lives, such as wealth, careers, looking for social status, or just looking for something from pleasures. In our passage today, the teacher asks us, do we really think that pleasure alone is going to make our lives worthwhile living? So what's the way forward? For true enjoyment of life then. The teacher tells us that we have to accept that all of life is totally out of our control. Bad things will happen to good people and good things will happen to bad people. The teacher talks about the simple gifts of God, family, friendship, food, perhaps a long walk. When we come to a place of total trust in God it frees us up to simply enjoy our life as it is not as we expect it to be. The author brings it all together with this. Fear God and keep his commandments because everything, good or bad, will be brought into his judgment. You see, the author, of, the author wants the teacher to challenge our false hopes and to remind us that whilst, it is, whilst life is mostly out of our control, it is the hope of God's judgment and his true justice for this world which is to keep us focused and to give us life, its true meaning. While I was preparing for this, I started to wonder what the issues within the church today would get the teacher writing a stiff letter to us. Maybe it would be the lack of progress in the face of our climate emergency. Maybe it's the ever-increasing objectification of our bodies, both male and female. Or maybe it's our inability to make inclusivity a reality, even though the Bible begins and ends 
with the message of inclusivity. St. Augustine of Hippo, a pillow of the faith, but a man who also struggled with his own sexual desires, once prayed this, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. In the end, Augustine discovered that only God is the source of all good things and rest. So how do we learn to be satisfied? In today's second reading, we hear that Paul has heard of a group of leaders who have started sharing misinformation in a popular church in Ephesus about Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. Paul sends his trusted friend Timothy to confront these leaders and to put an end to this fake news and to their bad theology. 1 Timothy 3 is a letter that was sent to Timothy after he arrived there. Timothy is to confront these corrupt leaders and their strange teachings. These leaders had developed weird teachings about food and marriage and sex that weren't consistent with the teachings of Jesus. Their teachings had divided the church and Paul uses this division to show that their teachings are distorted because any teaching that's faithful to Jesus should result in love and genuine faith. What kind of teaching is Paul prohibiting here? There's an an assumption that those who teach have the authority to do so. It may be because of their office or their position of authority. But teaching in the New Testament was an activity, not an office or a position of authority. Teaching was and is a gift. This gift is one where the faith, the trust that Jesus passed on to his disciples, go on to pass it on to us. So how can we live our lives at a fall, knowing that our time is temporary and fleeting? Well, we start with Jesus. Jesus is not fake news. Jesus is the good news that brings each of us transformation to our broken, beautiful bodies. We must never forget that sinners felt safe with Jesus. The book of Ecclesiastes reminds us that being a Christian is not purchasing an insurance policy to guarantee a pain-free existence or a drug to help us sleep better at night. But it is all about claiming victory within our veins, victory from fear, victory from sin, and ultimately victory from the sting of death itself. This doesn't mean that life won't be hard, but it does mean that Jesus will be in the centre of it all with us. I promise this has been true for me and it will be true for you too. First, I think we are to deal with those things that weigh us down. We have to remove any obstacle or hurdle that stops us from running the race to God. Sin trips us up and it stops us from following Jesus Christ. For me, it's wanting acceptance above all from my peers rather than trusting in God's acceptance. It's wanting to be the best to show off rather than using our gifts to glorify God. What's yours? Whether, whatever it is, the perfecter of our faith greets us each day, ready to start again. Secondly, we need to be prepared for the long haul and we will definitely require some patience. If we sprint 
or run too fast, we become exhausted. And at a time of lockdown, many of us will have run out already of steam for our faith. There is no shame in this, but know that God greets us each and every day. He's ready to start again when we are. As the holy people of God, we are called to be patiently walking the next mile. And if we are to avoid being knocked off course, then we must keep returning to God's word for God's help. Reading or listening to scripture, speaking to friends or seeking prayer will continually sustain us and help us to become lifelong disciples. Thirdly, we are to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. This includes our imagination, our time, our money, so that we can, re- so that we can all reach the finish line. Being a Christian is hard work because our message is radical. But wouldn't it be great that when your, our friends looked at us, they got a glimpse of God? Lily Allen reminds us that a world without God can only really offer us pleasures that are temporary and fleeting. But with God, Jesus walks with you and me each day as we are transformed into his likeness. Only then can we become truly human. Amen.